Welcome to a new edition of the Canadian Crew Podcast. I'm Jorge Castillo. A month has passed since the Toronto International Film Festival. At least in the Canadian front, the 42nd edition of TIFF gave a fresh and diverse crop of filmmakers a chance to showcase their work. The most notable success story was the winner of the best first feature film, Luck Lucky's When Wapimuka. The People's Choice Awards went rather unexpectedly to a genre film, the French-Canadian zombie flick Les Affames. Steve Gravestock was directly involved in the selection of these movies. Alongside Magali Simard, Gravestock is the festival's senior Canadian programmer and has been involved with TIFF for most of his professional life. We talk with Steve about trends in Canadian cinema, best practices for festival hopefuls, and the most interesting Canadian voices out there today. Steve Gravestock, thanks for talking to the Canadian crew. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Well, thank you. First, how did you become a Canadian film programmer for the Toronto Film Festival? Ah, okay. Uh, I started out uh, as a uh, freelance journalist, and I also I was the arts editor at the Varsity, the U of T student paper. Mm -hmm. um, and I covered a lot of stuff at the Cinematheque and a lot of screenings around town. Uh, and so I and I covered the festival a lot, uh, beginning I think in '87. Uh, mm -hmm. um, so. Uh, so, you know, I, I knew uh, a number of people uh, here and especially at the Cinematheque, Susan Oxtoby, who was the assistant programmer at, at Cinematheque Ontario when it was called that. Uh, um, and they knew my work and they knew I was fairly, that I was interested in a wide range of stuff and could cover a lot of stuff and they were looking for a publicist for the Cinematheque and um, I had done a bit of publicity work and, uh, and that's how I started here. And then. I did publicity for six or seven years for the Cinematheque. Um, but in the last couple of years, I started working on a, a program that we started in 95 for the 25th anniversary, um, or the 20th anniversary, um, called Dialogues Talking with Pictures. Mm -hmm. Piers had uh, um, created the program as, a, as an anniversary program, uh, as a celebration of film. And the idea was that filmmakers would introduce films that they were deeply affected by or deeply influenced by. And the first year it was, a, um, uh, uh, it was done by an outside programmer um, uh, in Bernie. And, and then uh, James Kwan at the Cinematheque did it the second year. And I, back then the publicists handled guests a lot, and I think they still do a fair amount. Um, but I, I helped sort of execute that program and then um, James had moved on to other things uh, the next year or there was other focuses he had at the festival and I took over the program and I did it for about four or five years and then uh, and then there was an, an uh, I started doing a lot of our archival programming or helping out with the archival programming at TIFF uh, at that time and then I and then eventually there was an opening in the programming department and I, I first I was the, uh, I, I used to manage the programming department and my, the territories, I mean most of the programming in TIFF is uh, organized geographically and some are, some guys work thematically like, or genre wise like Andre Picard does more avant-garde work, Tom Powers does documentary, etc. Uh, but I think the territories I was doing were the U.S. and uh, Scandinavian stuff, and uh, uh, I think Australian and Indian initially, and um, and then uh, there was uh, there were some changes in the Canadian uh, programming department, and I sort of took over there, um, and I've been doing that ever since. Mm -hmm. I think since two thousand and three or two thousand and four. Is it hard to keep yourself interested? 
No, no. There's lots of great work in Canada. Um, it's not often. Um, it's often news to Canadians, particularly English Canadians, because I think it's sort of harder to access films on screen, and some of the. Uh, 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 you know, some of the awareness of new Canadian films, particularly English Canadian films, is often drowned out by the din from Hollywood and studio production, primarily studio production. Um, but no, it's there's lots of great stuff. There's lots of great directors. Uh, there's lots of new, uh, um, new. There's a lot of great debuts every year. This year, I think, in particular, Tip, we had some strong debuts. I, if, I would say it's one of the best first feature programs we put together in a while. Mm -hmm. So okay. it's not hard to. There's always new things. Uh, the I think the difficulty we had the last couple of years has been the volume. There's a lot of films coming in. This year we had about 350, which is a lot to watch in about the span of three or four months. Um, just between, basically it's me, um, Magli Samard, and our, our programming associate, uh, Ravi Srinivasan, who watches, this, watches the features. So, thank God it's the features separate, because when I started it was features and shorts, uh, and I think there's thousands of shorts now, so that would have been just uh, a lot. Uh, I'd, I'd be coming out of the, my basement looking like Gollum. Uh, you know, one of the things we've done, um, over the last couple of years is that we've had, uh, like when I worked with the goddess Moschel Sorbo picking features, she also had a background in shorts and Magali Samard had done a lot of shorts as well. So, mm -hmm. so she's aware of a lot of those uh, emerging, those filmmakers who are going, you know, you know, a lot of short filmmakers move to features, some stay in shorts, which is cool. Um, but she's quite well aware of those, uh, uh, those directors who, who've made a lot of shorts recently. And, you know, she knew Kevin Funk and and Rafi Mukwa, who won the, the prize here, uh, the best first feature, best Canadian first feature prize here at, at, at TIFF in 2017, mm -hmm. and Kevin from previous years as well, as did we, I, I from the Canvas Top Ten initiative we do. Um, but it is, they're very different types of films. I find shorts harder to uh, uh, program because, because I think the volume's really intense, and watching shorts is a more intense experience, I think, sometimes than watching features. I hear you. Now, well, you brought up uh, TIFF, so what's your uh, general evaluation and then we can go into specifics. Are you happy with uh, how the Canadian program performed? Yeah, I think we, I think we had a really good year. Uh, I was really, um, as I said, a lot of really good first features. Uh, um, Ava, uh, Sadaf Farrell, he really impressed us. Wayne's film, obviously. Um, Mary Goes Round from uh, 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 from Molly McGlynn is a really strong first feature, uh, um, uh, great performance by Aya Cash, um, some great work by veterans too, uh, although it's sort of weird to call Simone Lavoie a veteran, he's still a young filmmaker, but uh, for me, little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's also young, but, uh, uh, um, but has, you know, been Oscar nominated. Uh, uh, Simone's film, uh, Little Girls, Too Fun of Matches, was a really stellar piece, and we really got a great reaction, too. Public Schooled, which is a second, there are a lot of strong second features as well. Uh, Kyle Rideout's film, uh, Public Schooled, was really strong, uh, very funny, very smart. Pat Mills. Film Don't Talk to Irene was a very charming comedy. It was nice to see. I was really happy for Robin Aubert, uh for when he won the uh, Best Canadian Feature Prize because I think he's done a lot of really interesting work, and we've shown a lot of. We've had the privilege of showing a lot of it. Tiff back to his first film, Saint Martyr de Dam, and then the uh, second film, the, uh, the the original Crying, and 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 the the new one, Les Femmes, is a really sort of smart. 
really intelligent take on on the zombie movie. A very different kind of take to tonally and uh, um, you know how he sort of there's almost an uh, like an entomological, uh, ethnographic approach to how the zombies behave when they're uh, when they're on their own. It's it's kind of it's really quite interesting and eerie and creepy, and it's just really uh, cool to promote a director who's got such a distinctive uh, voice. Were you surprised that it was a genre film, the one that won the people? No, I, I think that um, uh, every year we every year we see lots of really strong genre work. Um, it was, and it was nice to pick up on, uh, there was debuts too, uh, Peter Kopowski showed uh, Seth Smith's film The Crescent in, uh, in Midnight Madness and it was nice to see, um, it was nice to see Adam McDonald was Pie Wacket, we showed uh, Backcountry, his first uh, feature, which it, both of them have been kind of genre pieces, usually set in the woods and I think that's a, um, I think that's an interesting thing for Canadians and a very sort of Canadian approach to the genre with, a genre with a lot of the sort of local mythology and, uh, uh, you know, like Wendigo and things like that. Um, and this one is very, you know, specifically uh, about witches and Satanism and things like that. But it's, uh, you know, it's, he, he's a very visceral and, and uh, sharp director and pretty, very skilled at getting uh, really good performances out of actors and genre work. So it's nice to have him back. The Crescent is, uh, has an interesting look. I, I couldn't place, I, I was taken by surprise by it. I don't know why it didn't register as a Canadian film, but it's, it is not by me, and it turns out that it, visually it looks completely different than... It is. It's, sort of, it's got a weird sort of floating uh, look, but it also f almost feels like you're, you're spying on people, which you don't often... You know, that's a look and an atmosphere you have to really work on to create. And I, I, it's a really... Um, I, I think they were very inventive in the way they used like what was essentially a uh, not, not a huge budget, but it would they, they it's it's quite smartly constructed and designed. Mm -hmm. I think in some ways one of the better design films I saw all year. Now, do you also uh, you also one of the programs of Canal and Screen? What can you tell me of this uh, program in specific and what was the how was the selection process? Uh, well, I wasn't really. Um, I mean, I participated. There was a poll that was done. Uh, um, this was actually sort of Piers. This was Piers Handling's brainchild, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, our, our CEO. And he uh, he's well versed in Canadian film. If you uh, um, he, he had so many writings about classic stuff. Uh, introduced. Uh, I was introduced to a lot of major Canadian directors through some of his writing, uh, particularly uh, uh, Gilles Carl. Um, the great Quebecois director, and he also wrote a really strong book on uh, Don Chabib uh, very early on in his career, uh, Don Chabib's career. Um, I think it ends before 1980, um, or ends in the mid-70s. Um, but uh, he, he, he wanted to pay tribute to you know, the 150th anniversary of uh, the nation's founding, and uh, I think they did it in a really interesting way, which is that it wasn't just features. Uh, it's a list of 150 key Canadian works, uh, which includes feature films, documentary films, short films, animated films, television series, uh, commercials, music videos, uh, uh, moving image related, uh, moving image installation pieces. Um, um, you know, so it really covers the gamut, and we've been able to. Uh, if not uh, 
put every work on display or uh, uh, program it or screen it. Uh, we've, I think we've come pretty close. Some of the installations were unavailable because the materials were no longer available, but uh, um, they were able to uh, recreate similar stuff. I think with Vera Frankel's, it wasn't the exact one, but it was one from the same period and a similarly themed uh, piece. I think the original was called In the Transit Bar, and we showed uh, something that was made just after that and very sort of thematically linked. Um, uh, there was some avant-garde work as well. Um, so and it's, it's a pretty wide-ranging uh, look at Canadian work uh, and really sort of spans the, the country too, like stuff from everywhere, um, stuff that's not seen nearly enough, I think. And we were also able to strike some new uh, digital uh, copies of, of uh, key works. Um, uh, at the festival, we did Rude by Clement Virgo, which is a pretty key film. Um, I think Clement had two, actually. He's, he also had Save My Lost Nega Soul, which is a, a stellar short, really quite amazing. Um, and uh, Picture of Light, uh, the Peter Mantler film, which had long been out of circulation. Uh, it's about his uh, attempt to uh, go up with a small crew and uh, film the Northern Lights, which everyone sort of said was impossible. It's really, I think, one of the, the first... Um, Peter's uh, first documentary to sort of... Uh, um, you know, uh, to be related to travel and, and to uh, a specific natural phenomenon, which he's sort of covered uh, in, in subsequent documentaries as well, in films like uh, Gambling Gods and LSD, and uh, um, uh, the, the t film about time, uh, End of Time. Um, and, you know, he's made some, like, it, it's really sort of his first solo work, his first solo feature work. Um, in, in the documentary field, and it's really a stellar piece. And I think we also did uh, Patricia Rosema's very seminal uh, uh, I've Heard the Mermaid Singing, which really sort of launched the, uh, uh, the Toronto New Wave, really. Uh, its success at Cannes and its subsequent commercial success. I actually worked in the theater where it played when it came Seriously? out. Yeah, the, the, uh, um, the manager, it was at the Carlton, and the manager kept... Uh, uh, adding shows, so I, I actually really hated the film at the beginning because it's like I, I wound up having to work till 3 a.m. every night. But it's a great piece and a really amazing piece by uh, a performance by Sheila McCarthy, and it's really like a great time capsule of Toronto in the 80s. I mean, I think Toronto in the 80s was was when there was a real kind of sea change culturally. There was a really import a lot of important artistic movements going on then. A lot of art art artist driven stuff. A lot of great sort of uh, Co-ops uh, like Lyft and uh, um, or no, Lyft was a little older, but uh, a lot of cool co-ops came out of that. Um, oh no, Lyft was '80s. CFMDC was a little older, or the sort of Canadian filmmakers uh, distribution center was a little older. That goes back to Cronenberg's first couple of years. Right. Um, uh, but you know, it's it's a pretty seminal period, and it's really the time when the um, that was things really changed in Toronto, both because of a uh, uh, waves of immigration, I think, changed the city and made it more diverse and multicultural and lots of different influences, uh, um, you know, in a wide range uh, of, of areas. Uh, but also it was when the, sort of, when the language laws were instituted in Quebec and that uh, a lot of money came into the city as a result of companies moving from Montreal to Toronto, particularly banking and insurance companies. And it really did kind of uh, um, change the city, uh, made it much more dynamic. Uh, Prior to, it was a bit stodgier and mm -hmm. more 
excessively waspy. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, I'm, uh, that that film really does capture that, uh, and, and the sort of corporatization that I'd say in Dead Ringers are really kind of key, and probably Videodrome too. Right. Um, uh, but you really see the money coming in. It's the, the, one of the cool things about the. Uh, um, the gallery that uh, Paul uh, Sheila McCarthy's character works in is, is that it's right behind the Eaton Center. And you can sort of see this little church and then the, the Eaton Center oh, going really? up behind it. Uh, which is, it's in, that stuff's still there. So it's sort of a good reminder. Now, at what stage we are of the Canada Top 10 selection? Uh, we're still in the process of looking at stuff. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, we're, uh, we're working. Uh, uh, with the programmers here, and, and uh, uh, we're discussing things with a lot of the other festivals uh, around the country. Mm -hmm. so. I think this year was the first year that oh, pretty much all the 10 films shown in, the, in Saskatchewan, because I write for Prairie Les and Prairie Dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've been working with Belinda New at uh, the Regina Public Library. They have a, yeah. great, they have a great curator there. It's, yes, uh, they do a really cool job. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, right now, I think we have, I'd have to check the numbers, but we... We work two two spots in uh, um, Alberta, Edmonton, um, Edmonton at the Metro, and uh, the Globe in Calgary. Uh, we do uh, the Cinematheque in Vancouver, the Regina Public Library in Saskatchewan. We're working with the uh, Winnipeg uh, Film Group and the Cinematheque in Ma in Winnipeg, mm. Manitoba. Uh, we've been working with the Phi Center in Quebec, and we're partnering with the Atlantic uh, Film Festival uh, in Halifax. Um, so yeah, it's and and we've done sort of smaller versions of top ten like shorts and right. uh, uh, like a more boutique addition uh, with uh, a fairly large range of uh, film circuit groups around the country. So in Regina in particular, I was very happy that uh, Nelly made it all the way there. Oh yeah, I think that Animont is just she's pretty great. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, our filmmaker uh, in, in residence this year, so uh, she's a stellar mm -hmm. talent. I mean, we've shown all three, we showed her shorts, but also all three of her features, and they've all been widely, wildly different. Um, Nelly, I think, is my favorite, and I think it's one of the most sophisticated films I've seen in the last couple of years, yeah, for my sure. Favorite is the Loved Ones, I think. Is, is that That's really is. great, too, yeah. Uh, and really ambitious to go from uh, her first film, which is a great piece, but mm -hmm. it's more, uh, it's a very... Uh, condensed uh, environment. It's essentially two characters, uh, Nui Numero Un, uh, two characters in a room who have sort of hooked up for an evening and it's about them discussing things, but it's, it's you know, really only one location. Uh, um, imaginally, it's sort of much more wide-ranging. And then uh, 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 the, the second film is just really uh, strong and spans like three, de three generations. Mm -hmm. uh, and and Nelly is... Uh, uh, just sort of bounces back and forth between fantasy and reality and in a fractured timeline. Uh, yeah, and you know, but also you know, it's really after a while, it's really hard to like. It's about a writer, uh, uh, a writer named Nelly Arcan, I believe, mm -hmm. and uh, who who wrote a number of really seminal pieces um, uh, and influential pieces. Uh, primarily, her first novel, I think, was the was the one people know the most. Right. Um, and you know, it, it, she was sort of Henry Miller-esque, or an, like an Anais Nin. Uh, um, she injected herself into her writing, and there were a lot of fantasies about it. But you know, it's really hard to tell when the fantasy starts and and when you know reality starts and when they end. And sometimes they, uh, uh, it's 
you know, because some of the stuff is quite outrageous uh, that she experiences, and it was some of it's quite harrowing too. Uh, but and a great performance too by Willem McKay in the lead role. Yeah, no, I quite it's designed so incredibly. I like it's just looks. Uh, it, it it's as la it feels as lavish as any Hollywood movie. Yeah, um, I just think that she's just so confident as a filmmaker. But let's talk more about yeah. you. <laughs> well, um, now that Tiff is Tiff is over, and I'm guessing the new a new cycle is about to start. What will you be? What will be the main recommendations that you will give to a filmmaker that's a, looking at submitting their film to Tiff? Oh well, um, the uh, I would say the I would strongly urge people to try and get their films in a little earlier rather than later. Mm -hmm. uh, we we have two deadlines. The earlier deadline is cheaper, um, but uh, you know, early we, we tend to invite as we go along. So waiting usually means you're up against a long list of other titles that we've seen. So earlier is is the best way to go. I would try to make. I think I tell every filmmaker this, but you should always, whatever you send in, you should make it as close to finished as possible. Try and organize your post schedule so that you can do that relatively early, like in May, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to, say, late June or, or something like that. Uh, um, the, uh, you know, the earlier you get it in, then that means we try to look at things in order. So, you know, we will, if, even if you don't get it in right at the deadline, uh, you know, we, we will try to, we, we try not to like leave things on the shelf for a long time. Uh, we try to look at them in order as, as much as, as, as well as we can. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would strongly urge people to um, try to get it in earlier. There's less competition and we do kind of invite as we go. So, um, you know, if we like the film, I think, you know, frankly, your chances are better the earlier you get in. Mm -hmm. um, and often the late, particularly for a first time uh, feature filmmaker, um, uh, the later you go, the more likely you're going to run up against people who have a, a longer history, right. uh, and uh, both in terms of their personal careers and you know sometimes with TIFF. Uh, but uh, and you know sometimes those productions take longer. Mm -hmm. So if you're working independently um, and a little more you know uh, hands-on, there's a you know you might be able to speed things up a little quicker. Uh, but on the other hand, you don't the the, the caveat to that is that. You don't want to be sending in things that, you know, if you took taken an extra week, it might have made a real difference. Uh, you, you just don't want to be, ultimately, you don't want to be in the position of second-guessing yourself. If I'd waited or if I'd gone earlier, you want, to, you want to go, whatever you want to send, you want to have put the best you possibly can given the deadlines that we have. Right. Uh, and the deadlines that you can meet, and uh, whatever you need to do. I don't, I wouldn't want to disparage any particular element of, uh, uh, of the post-production process. I've seen films change quite significantly from things like color correction. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I would really just try to get it as complete as possible as you can what's in the, you know, the parameters of the deadline and uh, you know, thinking about when you'd want to submit it. Okay. Now, um, once again, there are a number of Canadian films you're exposed to. Is there any trope I say get to see, not exposed to. <laughs> That's probably uh, more uh, the, right, the right term. Yeah. But um, is there any trope you will ask to be retired? Uh, sure. I mean, I think I'm, I was pleased this year not to see those scenes where uh, particularly women submerge herself in bath water and then emerge, like, uh, 
you know, get come out of it really quickly to indicate that they've had a deep sod or, uh, you know, it's, it was really annoying and was in like a ton of movies a couple of years ago, but happily that sort of, uh, people have moved away from that. Um, nothing I can, you know, the drone thing, uh, I think they're here to stay, but, uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be more interesting shots. Okay. Uh, certainly if you're looking at aerial views, uh, um, uh, if, if, if you're thinking, if, uh, you know, just an overarching aerial view is not that interesting, but if you're looking to, to establish a sense of scale, particularly if you're doing like a, a doc on environment and things like that, I mean, Conaline, Nettie Wilde's film from last year, mm -hmm. made pretty oh, good use of drones, that's... I think. Uh, and I, but I think it was also really like one of the first to use it extensively, but even the stuff that was... Uh, um, you know, the stuff that was shot, like it looks sensational regardless, but then she's got a great eye and, you know, it might not be, uh, that might not be an entirely fair standard to use. So. Mm -hmm. I will say that one of the best things we did see this year, actually, not as a feature, but uh, more as a short, was her installation uh, in Vancouver, uh, but the salmon run, it was mm -hmm. sort of uh, projected on the bottom of the Canby Street Bridge. That was one of the best things I saw all year. Both, I think both me and Magley would agree to that. Uh, we saw it when we were, when we were out in Vancouver scouting films and it was, if people get a chance to see it, they should check it out. Okay. You touched on this uh, earlier, um, the divide between Quebecois film and the rest of Canada, and the Quebecois industry and the rest of Canada. Do you have any suggestion to distributors to, uh, Ease, ease the, the penetration of Canadian uh, Quebecois film into the rest of Canada? Well, I'm not a distributor, so I don't really, uh, it's not my area, but I, I would say, I mean, it would be great if we could have, um, you know, some of those things are reason, uh, you know, there, there's logic behind uh, um, uh, why films go into certain markets and, and don't. Uh, right. um, you know, I mean, like, many people, um, particularly people, programmers, we'd love to see more uh, cross-fertilization and more uh, English-Canadian films in Quebec and more Quebecois films outside of, uh, outside of Quebec. Uh, the wider distribution, the better. I think it's better for the, the country, you know, psychologically mm -hmm. and, you know, culturally. And uh, um, I think it really just breaks down those barriers. And it wouldn't just apply to those. It would be nice if there were some more East Coast titles, uh, you know, uh, crossing the country. Although I think that a lot of people are distributing those uh, independently. Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, you know, I mean, I'd say the same, you, in some ways you could say the same thing about films from, you know, British Columbian filmmakers or filmmakers uh, who are located in BC. Their films often don't get the attention that they deserve. I mean, we were really thrilled this year to have, I think, seven or eight films from out west, which is, I think, the highest we've ever had. Um, that was pretty amazing. Uh, either set there, uh, shot there, directed uh, by, uh, you know, filmmakers who were, uh, um, who called uh, BC or Alberta their home or, uh, you know, that, that was great to see. But I think there's lots of ways we can promote that. I think one of the things that we try to do it within TIFF is to do it through the film circuit groups mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, they're, they're, they pay attention to, you know, trying to get movies uh, like across the country, a wide range of different types of movies. And as you uh, mentioned earlier, with top 10, mm -hmm. um, um, 
you know, we're uh, um, top tens growing pretty much every year that we've worked on. It's grown a, a lot in the last couple of years when. Uh, um, when uh, particularly Cameron Bailey and Carrie Craddock were working with us, um, still are. Um, but uh, I, you know, I think that um, uh, promoting. I think if we all like push that harder, I think it would show, set an example of what can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully that'll work. Um, I know that there are, people are anxious to see the films. Not always. Uh, you know, sometimes it can be tougher with. Uh, um, how some films from one region play in another, but uh, um, we've done pretty well, uh, particularly here in Toronto with some of the Quebecois titles. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I think uh, with some of the English language titles, we, we did well when we were screening at the Phi Center too in Montreal. So. Now, um, to close, Steve, um, without putting you on the spot, although kind of putting you on the spot, who would you say will be the next uh, Canadian filmmaker to break through a la Denis Villeneuve or, la, or a la Javier Dolan? Uh, well, I think that, um, or Jean-Marc Allais, I guess, right? So, uh, um, uh, you know, I think that, um, I'm not really sure. Uh, I think that, uh, You know, that's sort of like handicapping stuff, and I'm not really, uh, you know, that's predictions are kind of a mugs game. Uh, I'm not really comfortable with those. Mm-hmm. I would say that um, I think over the next couple of years, I think in the last, this year and the previous year, I think we've seen a real, well, there's been a lot of really strong genre work, uh, you know, backcountry, which I mentioned, Les Affamés, all the ones we showed this year. Um, and uh, an, in, uh, an increasing amount of comedies, I think, that are that are more skilled. We've always had um, we've always had great comic actors and some pretty skilled directors at it, but they haven't always uh, translated to features. I think people like Pat Mills and uh, Kyle Rideout with public school, uh, you know, schools can might be able to change that that mm-hmm. perception, uh, you know, because those are staples of any industry. But I'd also say that, I mean, one of the interesting things to me is, um, uh, you know, if you look at the younger directors, people like Kevin Funk, uh, Ashley McKenzie, who did Werewolf, uh, Simone Lavoie, and Matthew Denis, who did uh, Revolution, and Simone did Little Groves, Two Fauna Matches, and part of that, Denis did Corbo. I think if you look at those guys, they're really looking at, they're focusing on films and subjects that are, important to them, often kind of regional in a way, and I think that, and often in a sort of, um, they're working in a um, more artisan-like framework in some ways, and I think that, I think that that's a, um, that's an area that we haven't, uh, that we've kind of gone away from a bit, and I'd like to see that come back, because I do think, I mean, frankly, the most widely traveled films last year were Revolution. Uh, and um, werewolf, which werewolf are not films. not conventional, uh, you know, more in the vein of early Adam Agoyan, or uh, I think you know any industry has to have a fairly wide range of uh, um, of uh, of titles, uh, but uh, um, I think that um, if if you don't do that, uh, you know, you're you're sort of you're not functioning as an industry. But I do think internationally we're best known for those types of films, and it would be great to have, uh, um, uh, you know, certainly this year with films like Ava, 
uh, Little Girl, um, Wayne's film, e even uh, Mary Goes Round, Molly McGlynn's film, the one with I, the film with Aya Cash is, uh, you know, even even it's it's interesting to see that people can bring in uh, international stars or uh, stars from outside, and they function perfectly well in a, in a Canadian film. Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, you know, they're perfectly comfortable there, which I think is uh, the a tribute to the quality of the scripts, the quality of the director's vision, uh, the quality of the crews, right? So, uh, you know, many of them work in Canada and have a great deal anyway. So, I mean, I, I, that's, what I, that's what I'm excited to see, um, those sort of personal voices. I mean, uh, two of the things we were, I was most excited about seeing this year were... Uh, uh, where Ava and Little Girls Two Pawn of Matches, those were really, really strong. Um, um, you know, and public schooled as well. But there's a ton of great stuff out there. Les Femmes, Pat's film, uh, Cardinals is a really, which stars Sheila McCarthy actually uh, from Mermaids. So, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of great stuff out there. Terrific. Well, Steve Gravestock, thank you for talking to the Thank you. Our thanks to Steve Gravestock. The Canada on Screen program will continue unfolding until the end of the year at TIFF. Some of the titles still to be featured are My Winnipeg next October 28th, The Sweet Hereafter next November 25th, and Black Christmas appropriately next December 24th. The retrospective is free, but make sure to get your tickets ahead of time. Remember, you can reach us on Twitter at The Can Crew, on Facebook at The Canadian Crew page, or write us to The Canadian Crew email all one word on gmail also you can help us keep the canadian crew ad free by donating at thecanadiancrew.com slash contribute i'm jorge ignacio castillo until next time